Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Carla, and I would like to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's episode. Whether you are a first-time listener or a loyal listener, Uh, I just want to say thank you for making our project uh, just a reality, a dream come true for the Career Development Center. We have been working really hard for the last year to be able to put out the stories of our alumni and uh, career content for all of you to enjoy. So thank you for listening. And today we have this wonderful performer, Dee Racioli. And she's an alumni from DeSales. She graduated in 1999 with a Bachelor of Arts in Theater. While she was at DeSales, she very much enjoyed her college training. And so in today's episode, she will talk to us a little bit about that. And she was involved in several performances in the main stage at DeSales. But with a purpose of fulfilling her career as a performer, Dee moved to New York City shortly after graduation, and after many auditions and callbacks, Dee landed her job as a Broadway actress. Dee is best known for her seven-year record-breaking run as Alphaba in the smash Broadway hit Wicked, where she led the Broadway, Chicago, San Francisco, and the first national touring company. Most recently, though, Dee was seen on Broadway in The Cher Show, portraying the pop icon herself as both star and Lady Cher. She gives us insights about show business that she learned after graduating from college, and you'll also get to hear her talk about some of the new things that she has been doing as a creator. I present to you Dee Racioli. Hey, hi Dee, how is it going? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? Good, thank you. We just want to thank you for dedicating your time to us. Um, So without further ado, I would love to get started to know um, more about you and your career um, and in in performance. Did you always did you always want to be a performer or what made you choose musical theater? Um, well, yes. The short answer is yes. I always wanted to be a performer. I learned that very early on, um, you know, screaming Annie around my house that I was like, (laughs) oh, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there wasn't too many opportunities in my town to kind of do those types of, um, there wasn't a lot of theater in my town, Mm -hmm. but there was a nonprofit organization called the Performer's Studio. um, And I went there and started to really fall in love with it. And then that's when I realized that, oh yeah, I want to do this. I can do this as a career. Um, and it felt good because I know there's a lot of people, especially getting into high school, a lot of people like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I want to go to school for. And I felt very thankful that I had a very clear idea of the path, at least the path I wanted to take. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, then I, you know, and then I went to school and I went to DeSales for acting. We actually didn't have, when I went to DeSales, it was called Allentown College of St. Francis DeSales. Okay. And um, I, they did not have a musical theater program. They had mm-hmm. a strict acting program, which that's what I went for. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, there. and what was, so with that said, did, were there musicals that you were involved in? So, okay. It was just the name of the, of the program that was a little different. Yeah. The track, the track I was on was the acting track, but we did, um, you know, the main stage shows, the act one shows, yeah. um, they did, uh, four a year, three of them were straight plays, what we call straight plays, no music. And then the fourth one was always a big, you know, musical, um, which is, it's funny because that's the thing I always really, really look forward to, yeah. um, to do, <laughs> do the musical there. Um, but and yeah, what, so. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but no, no, um, what was, was DeSales your top choice or what was your, I'm intrigued to know, what was the audition process for college like? Okay. So I, in high school, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't really mm-hmm. quite understand. I wasn't a super serious academic student. I mean, I got decent grades, but I I didn't really, I was more focused on being social. I was more focused on doing the school play. You know, I was focused on those things. And so I knew I was going to go to school for acting and, you know, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The applying process of colleges was a little intimidating to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't actually audition for any program. Okay. And I had ideas of like, oh, I hear Syracuse is good. Or I hear, you know, I forget. I think there was a school in Colorado. Just because I wanted to get out of the state. I wanted to be mm-hmm. somewhere I thought that I wanted to be somewhere far away. And, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't really working out because um, I didn't really have the grades or the test scores to get into those types of schools. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about Allentown College? Because, you know, your aunts went there. They have an excellent theater program. And I was like, no, I don't want to go there. I don't <laughs> want to go. I want to go to California. I want to go somewhere else. But I didn't have the drive to really, you know, put, yeah. put myself out there to go to those schools. So I was like, fine, I'll apply. And <laughs> thank God, thank God I applied to DeSales. Thank God I got in because it was it was the best decision I could have made. Yeah. Um, so I met my best friend at college, Kyle Luker, and he has since become my manager. Wow. And yeah, and I often like go back to talk. I'm going back tomorrow to talk with the students. Um, so going to DeSales kind of provided this beautiful because I wasn't really ready for a giant program it was a smaller program it had a very nurturing feel to it mm-hmm. um it was small enough that I I I didn't feel lost but I also had people that were a lot better than I was so I felt challenged mm-hmm. it was just literally the perfect program for me to actually go to and I'm I, I can't believe it worked out the way it did because yeah. You know, if I would have went to one of those big schools, I would have been eaten alive and I probably would have transferred halfway through anyway. So that is, that is such, thank you for sharing that and being so honest with like, just not knowing exactly where you wanted to go. I personally was a performer in high school and I wanted to be a, a voice performer, but, um, but in just a, a lot of my friends ended up going to different programs in bigger schools. And, and I, and I wanted to settle for something like that. But what I'm saying is 
the, the route of going to smaller programs or conservatories is good for some performers because like you said, it's very nurturing. And, you know, for anyone listening right now that is um, a musical theater major here at Tessels, I'm sure they feel that type of way or maybe relate to your story where, you know, maybe they had this big goal of applying to a bigger school for theater and, and then ended up here at Tessels and probably have had great opportunities um, to perform. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. Um, no matter where now, how, what is your now that you're in, in your career um, and your fellow thespians, do you see that there is people graduated from all over or do you see that there is like a pattern of like people who graduate in bigger schools and, you know, end up being the performers and you know what I mean? So do you see yeah. any relation with the school you go to and then your career as a performer? Uh, I, I mean, I guess somewhat there, there are, you know, there's a lot of kids, you know, from the big, the big musical theater schools on Broadway, Michigan, um, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, um, Carnegie Mellon. I mean, there's those programs that are the old standards that are always they're you know, they're churning out these really well-trained musical theater kids, but, um, and, and they're immensely talented and they, they have great training, but I think that you know, just the, the DeSales, I mean, it's basically um, me and uh, Phoenix Best has done really well for herself. Yeah. Um, Chris Stevens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kids, I think, that are coming from DeSales and this acting program, there's just something a little bit different. It's, it's a little bit of humility there. And mm -hmm. I don't know how I don't know if it's just that the sales attracts these types of students or this is they they've built this into us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always been a pretty I've always been like, I don't I actually don't want the spotlights. I've always been like, uh, you know, I kind of take it reluctantly. But and I don't know if that's just attracting, you know, where that type <laughs> of person is attracted to that program because it's small or yeah. if, you know, it's just the sales is so nurturing and they really care about the work rather than how great you are. You know, it was yeah. kind of like wow, you're so amazing. You know, I think one time I got told that, you know, you have a really special talent, you know, make sure that you use it. I think that was like one time of the entire four years I was at the sales <laughs> where we really talked, gave praise really, because it really wasn't about that, which yeah. I think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and with that said, what was some of the favorite things or memories about the program at the sales? Do you have any like highlight um, role that you had here at DeSales or maybe class that really just you still remember maybe because it moved you in a different way or you know helped you in a different way uh, I remember uh, we had done the Seagull uh, which is by Chekhov mm -hmm. and uh, I I was always cast in the musical but it, I wasn't normally I didn't get into the straight plays as frequently as I did the musicals. Mm -hmm. um, but I got cast as, as Masha and that was just a role where I felt like really fit me. And I started to feel more comfortable on stage without music, which I think was an important part of my journey there because I had really only done um, musicals up to that point, even though I was in the straight acting program. And so it felt like it built, it was a confidence builder playing that part. Um, yes. cause we weren't relying on music to tell the story. We were relying on the text 
and our actions and our intentions uh-huh. to tell the story. So it was a little bit different. And I feel like I remember that. I mean, you know, there are, I mean, there are so many um, learning moments from school. It's almost like, it's almost impossible to really go through and, and pinpoint them all. <laughs> but it was just, you know, because I was just, I was just growing exponentially when I was there, you know, shedding old skin all the time. And I mean, I still am doing that to this day, but it's, it really was, I was like a baby then. So I was like really picking things up and learning. Okay, Dee. So this, this um, topic is the, that I want to talk about are the questions that a lot of us, a lot of students um, and even people right now in the industry want to know about just other uh, actors and, and performers. And, and that is, once you graduated from college, D, um, what was your audition process to begin getting into, you know, your roles that you got into? But more, more than anything, what was the, what was your story with getting started and getting into the industry, the show business? Uh, okay. So, Right out of school, I think right after graduation, I was uh, working the summer at Dorney Park in Whoa Whoa Wild, Water Kingdom, mm-hmm. and we did um, we did the you know the review. They're called review shows where there's like a lot of popular music that we sing through or whatever. Um, so I did that for the summer, and then I actually got another similar job in the Poconos, working at one of the resorts, and I there with the other people in the show. We had to stay in the Poconos and. You know, we got Backstage Magazine and we would, if there was an audition that was big and juicy, we would, you know, plan to go in for the day, into the city for the day and drive in. And, you know, it was a a lot because, you know, to drive in and you're at these cattle calls that are, you know, 200 people or so, you know, sitting in a hallway, you're waiting all day just to go in and sing 16 bars. I mean, it seems so crazy to me that we did that, but that's what it took. And we all really had a passion for it. So we were like, okay, whatever it takes, we got to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually um, I did move to New York that with that group from the Poconos, we all decided to get an apartment together and we moved to New York and I promptly got a job as a waitress at the Olive Garden in Times (laughs) Square. Um, And then really just, again, started pounding the pavement, just going in on those auditions that you know, I, I would say that I didn't go on an every single audition because I didn't see the value in going in. If it was like, you know, we need a dancer who sings well. Well, I sing well, but I don't dance. So I'm not going to go in on that call. I know a lot of people just like go in on everything, everything, everything. And I'm like, I don't know if I really truly believe that that's a great way to spend your time. And auditioning takes a lot of energy. And so you want to be conservative of your energy and you also want to be um, motivated and proactive about it. So mm-hmm. Um, going in on a lot of auditions and, you know, I have to tell you, it was, it was hard because you could have plans, like fun plans to do something. And then an audition would come up and you're like, I can't Mm -hmm. do that thing anymore. I have to go wait all day. And I mean, even to get in at, you know, your non-equity until you get an equity show, Mm -hmm. um, but you can't audition for an equity show unless you're equity. So, I mean, you have, it's, it's hard. And the way you do that is you go to the equity building, you sit out, you can not allowed to sit in their lounge. You sit outside the lounge and wait for someone else to not show up. And then they say, we can see you now. And then they'll take you in. So it's like, it's a lot of just sitting around waiting, waiting, waiting. And it's like, you're on kid. And it's like, perform the best you possibly can because they need to, you know, take note. 
Um, so I did a lot of that. And then eventually, um, there was a casting office that, um, kind of recognized me and they started to call me in and give me specific appointments, which was great. Cause that's normally what an agent would do is give you specific appointments. And they started giving me specific appointments for different shows. And I ended up booking the two shows that they set me up with. Mm-hmm. So, um, that made me look really good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I did those shows. And then from there, I was able to kind of meet different people, make connections to kind of get a meeting with someone else's agent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this. then I got a small agent and she kind of started getting me different appointments for different things. And then, of course, Kyle, you know, came on board shortly after that. And then he kind of really helped me. He was making connections and, you know, would be like, OK, see my client and and I would be ushered into these bigger auditions um, and be able to, you know, m- make a name for myself yeah. within the casting, because that's really what you have to do. You have to kind of break that down that barrier with casting first, because mm-hmm. they are the ones that are, you know, the, the producers will go to casting and say, we need X, Y, Z type performer. Mm-hmm. Do you have that in this, you know, all of your roster of actors? And they're like, okay. So then they start pulling in people that they know. So if you, you have to get known by them, so that they pull you in and then you get in front of the producers and the directors that you need to be seen by. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this might be a, a question that maybe I don't know, but um, the, are there big casting agencies that people, that producers go to or that people want to get into because mm-hmm. it, they're just more well-known? Yes, absolutely. That's okay. a hun- that's, that's hundred percent how it works. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, you want to make connections and you want to, that's why auditions are important. That's why you always want to be prepared. You know, I've gotten called in for a lot of things that I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I'm, this is quite right for me. Should I even do this? But you go in because it's the opportunity to be seen and mm-hmm. to stretch yourself and to do work. And, and um, so, yeah. What is like the biggest thing or the biggest, um, I guess, energy that you feel when you go into these rooms and you see everyone else, right? You know, either auditioning for the same thing, but what is the thing that I'd love to, if I was, you know, uh, a fly in the wall, like what would you see or how would you um, like navigate the room? Because I get the feeling that when you enter these rooms are there's a lot of nerves or is there a lot of confidence? Like, what does it feel like? Well, uh, I, I would say there's there's two rooms. There's outside the audition and then there's inside the audition. And outside the audition, I think that you'd be surprised to hear, but there's a lot of camaraderie between uh, okay. all of the actors, even actors that are going in for the same roles. Um, I have actually, uh, you know, someone came in and, and, you know, you strike up a conversation and, and they're like, wait a minute, I don't have that music that you got that music. And I'm like, oh yeah, did you not get, no, my agents didn't give me that. Here's the music. Like I've already given Mm -hmm. people, you know what I mean? There's a very, there's very much, even though we're technically in competition, there's a team like atmosphere between actors, at least how I have perceived it for me, it's always been that way um, outside of the room, which I really enjoy because it's like, you know, we all have what we do. And it's like, if, if you're, if, if they want it, then they want you. And if they want something different, then they're not going to want you. So it's like, mm-hmm. why would you not help? You know, there's no point in not helping. Yeah. Um, and I know, I'm sure there's some people that, well, if I don't get it, I don't want anybody to get it, but I don't see the value in that at all. Yeah. Um, and then inside the room, there's a couple different things that happen. Um, 
you know, sometimes there are what we call warm rooms and sometimes there are cold rooms. And, you know, these people that are behind the table, they're under um, tremendous pressure to get this casting process right. And so, you know, you have actors coming in that might not be prepared. Somebody might have messed up and gave all the wrong material. So the actors never, you know, don't have the right material. And so there's, and there's like a lot of pressure on them. There's a lot of money on these kinds of, these big Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they, you know, you imagine that pressure and then you have somebody coming in being like, hi, oh my God, how are you? What's going on? Hi. Okay. And they're like, hi, can you just do the thing that you're here to do? Like, I get it. You're nice. Okay, great. But it's like, I know a lot of actors really like go over the top and it's, you know, I can imagine it's like, just get to the work. But then there's, you know, there's also rooms that are like really light and easy and for whatever reason, everybody is like, yeah, whatever, you do whatever you'd like, you show, show us this. Oh, you messed up, do it again, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it can go either way and I've had both experiences. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to, I, when I go into these rooms, and it's funny, my friend Jackie and I, we joke about this all the time. Like she tends to be like the, hi, oh my God, hi, hi. And I tend to be like the, hey, hi, I'm just here to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> which is either or is like okay can we meet somewhere in the middle and I think that'll be better for everybody but um yeah it's you know because it's daunting when you walk in there especially for like a big callback there's like 20 people there's like people sitting behind a folding table and there's people standing behind a folding you know what I mean it's like and they're all like oh, watching my. you and it's like yeah the worst is when you have like you know something that's supposed to be funny material and nobody oh. laughs and you're like Okay. <laughs> On the door, I'll see myself out. Thanks. Yes. I always, I heard one day and I think it's so true is comedy takes twice the effort and it's half as appreciated because it's so subjective. And I am sure it's like, oh my gosh, like they're not laughing. Let's, what am I doing wrong? But I know. Oh my gosh, that's all great. I mean, I, you know, you see it in the movies and you see this, but just being and and actually stepping into those shoes, I'm sure it's a whole different experience. So thanks for sharing. That's so yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about your, the, the role that, that, um, that many people probably like, I'm sure that's something that you, that people know you from is, is being um, Elphaba in, in Wicked. And that is, um, as you said, and you told me the first role that you landed on Broadway, correct? Yes, it was the role that actually got me my equity card. Interesting. So mm-hmm. what? So I guess the question is how? Like, what? What's the story behind landing that role? And and yeah, how did you? How did you get to do that? Uh, so um, my agent and my manager. Uh, this is kind of a, a twofold thing. So um, my agent and my manager. Uh, got me an audition for the national tour of little shop of horrors. And it's what, it's what we call a, um, a producer's session. So that, or a director's session, I forget what it was exactly, but that means that it's, you know, usually you have what's called a pre-screen, which is just the casting director and you go in and they're like, okay, we get it. She is right for this. We're going to have her come in for the producers and the directors, which is basically a callback. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had been, my audition was set up as this director's producer's session. And I get to the casting office and the casting director looks at me and he's like, are you, uh, why are you here? <laughs> and I was like, 
I have, I have an appointment at, you know, whatever time. And he's like, mm, hang on. He calls my agent and says, she's not supposed to be here for this session. I don't, I don't know her yet. I don't want to see her for the session. And my agent pushed back and said, you gave her this appointment. You're going to see her. Mm. She's there already. And I think something was said like, well, she better be good because it's a lot of pressure on the casting too, because if they bring in someone bad, that director's gonna be like, this casting office isn't great. Why are they bringing me these crappy people? Mm. So, um, you know, you had the, the casting directors essentially vouching for you when you, you get brought into these sessions. So, um, and he didn't know me. So I went in and I did well. I did not get the part, but I did well. And so uh -huh. that casting director was like, oh, okay. So I think she'd be right for Wicked. And look at that. We're casting for the standby position in the Chicago sit-down company of Wicked. So I did well enough there that that casting director believed in me and pulled me in for that audition. I did the audition. I got a call back. Then I found out that I was what they called waitlisted. Mm -hmm. And I cried. <laughs> and then because I you know you all this you know you have the, this this uh this build-up right of like yeah. when I get the right audition then it'll happen and I finally got the right audition and it didn't happen I did my best mm -hmm. and it didn't happen and I was just devastated because I was like well now what I had the right audition and I did my best I did my homework and I still mm -hmm. didn't get it oh my god mm -hmm. like this is this is horrible mm -hmm. so um I ended up um I think in the next couple of days, I ended up, they called back and they said, actually, we want to see her for a work session. Sometimes they'll have, uh, you'll have a work session with the assistant director or sometimes even the director if they see something in you, but they know you're not quite ready. Okay. So I went in with the assistant director, uh, Lisa Liguio, and she just gave me, you know, she directed me. She gave me a work session. We had a rehearsal essentially for my audition. <laughs> then they called me back in. And I uh, was came in for the director and everybody, and I did better that time, obviously, because I had had practice with someone that knew what they were talking about. And I ended up booking the standby for that position. So I was, you know, a waitress, and then I was a standby in, you know, one of the biggest Broadway hits in history. So that's a little daunting. Um, <laughs> so when I got to Chicago, it was, you know, very scary, but, um, you know, you 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 uh, listen and, and you know, keep your mouth shut and your eyes and ears open is what I always say. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. And that worked because I learned a lot as soon as I got there. So, yeah, so that's how I landed that part. And then they had to give me my equity card. I don't even think they knew that I was non-equity. Mm. Um, so yeah, I got my equity card from that. I made my Broadway debut with Wicked because then I eventually I went, I played the, I was standby for about 10 months, played the role in Chicago from, to, from December of 2006 until we closed in January of 09. I had two months off uh, the summer before we closed because that's a long time to play that role. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then I eventually went on to make my Broadway debut. Um, I also did the San Francisco sit-down company for a, a few weeks to kind of help out cover out there. Mm -hmm. And then I did the national first national tour twice. Wow. Yeah. Which spanned a, a seven year period. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's seven years. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And how, so how did your 
family or who found out first and what was the what was I guess the the pers- like the outside perspective when everything was happening and the support system that you were getting and you know well yeah uh my parents have always been uber supportive of my career um I always feel bad when I hear that you know people are like oh my mom wants me to have a fallback and yes. I have a you know whole theory about fallbacks you know if you create another path you will go the path of path of least resistance. So to me, it's almost better to not have something to fall back on because you will, you know, light a fire a, a lot more than you would if you had, well, I could just teach or I could not just, but I could be a teacher easier. I could, you know, mm-hmm. go into something else that would be easier on my psyche and my wallet and, you know, all of, all around just easier. But mm-hmm. um, so it's not, I don't recommend fallbacks, which is a hard thing to say. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but anyway, (laughs) so my, uh, my parents were very supportive. And so getting to call them and tell them that I, you know, landed like a giant thing, uh, was one of the greatest things, one of the greatest gifts I could ever give them and give (laughs) myself to like, I wish I had a recording of that phone call. Um, (laughs) I remember Kyle, he called me. I found out that I got the part in the middle of the um, the MTA strike, so um, the trains weren't happening. Yeah, strike. Yeah, the strike. And he called me and said, "I'm having such a bad day. I need you to come down and have lunch with me." And I'm like, Kyle, I'm not coming all the way. Down. I was all the way up on the Upper East Side. I was like, I am not coming down to Midtown. <laughs> come and like have lunch with you. It's not happening. I was like, how am I going to get there? What am I going to walk? I was like, no. And he's like, you just, you have to come. You have to come. And he like gave me a really hard time. I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> so I got in a cab and I went down there and I walked in and he had this, <laughs> such a dork. He had this big red box tied up with a bow. And he's like, here's your present. And I was like, what? And he's like, open it. And I was like, and it was around Christmas time. So, you know, I was like, all right, whatever. So I opened this box and there's an envelope in there. And then I pulled open the envelope. It was a card and I opened the card and it said, you got it. <laughs> and, it had the, <laughs> and it had the the breakdown of like the, the audition and the cat, what characters they were looking for. And it said like Alphaba and it said cast D Rossioli. Like he wrote that in there. And I was like, Oh my God. What? I got it. And he's like, you got it. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was like, oh all God. of that work, all of that, like yeah. heartache and like doubting and, you know, kind of all came full, full circle. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you immediately start crying. My friend Christy came by, you know, as a surprise and she jumped out of another room. She's like, surprise. And I was, oh. and then I got to call my mom. And I'll never forget, I called her and I said, um, I was like, hey, mom. She's like, hi. And I was like, so I'm going to move. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've decided I'm going to move to Chicago. And she's like, what? Why? And I was like, because I got wicked. And she's like, oh, my God. It was just like. What a time. Oh my I mean, what a way to lay it on so thick, you know? I mean, just <laughs> between Kyle and I, we're just like laying it on thick. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, it was a great, it was a really great, beautiful moment. And mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. how wonderful. Oh my I feel gosh. very lucky that I got to have that moment. So, 
Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm sure that you know, it was well-deserved and, and, you know, that's why you are here now. And that's what you're telling your story, which I, I know that a lot of people listening right now, all, whether, you know, they've graduated from the sales or anyone, like they want that, they want that moment and they'll get it for themselves. It's just, you know, gotta keep hustling and keep, Oh yeah. You know, working on their craft. So anyways, um, and so I would love to continue on in this conversation. I know this is probably going to be an hour long, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, that, uh, and, and so, you know, like we said, we, we, we were talking about different things that, that people can do and the fallbacks, but also, you know, there's that the love for performing and in the show business itself that sometimes people find themselves not just being performers, but wanting to do something else like Kyle, right? Did mm-hmm. he graduate with acting? Yes. Right. And and so I so my question is there are so many routes and and theater that theaters majors can can take. And what are some different opportunities that students can do aside from performing that are still in that industry, that are still in the field of, of uh, theater and maybe things that you have seen now that you didn't know when you were in college, different uh, or different things behind the scenes or even um, on the stage? Yeah. I mean, there, I, there are just, there are so basically when you're, when you're getting theater training, you're being taught, you know, leadership, you're being taught um, how to work under pressure. You know, um, you're being taught how to be creative, um, how to speak in front of people. I mean, there's so many, There's the skill set is so vast that you're getting with theater that there's so many different things that you can do. And also like, like for me, the reason why I didn't pick a fallback is because I, d- I really didn't have something else that I was good at or that I had an equal passion for. Mm-hmm. And so if, if there are people that, if you have a passion for performing and you have a passion for, um, if you're like, I, I don't know, you're super organized or, you know, you, you really know how to run a company, like you have really good administrative work, you know, you can be a theater administrator. You could try, if you don't, if you decide, oh, you know, this rejection and, and torment of trying to get a job in theater, is it for me? You know, I, you can use that other skill set and, and, get into so many things, artistic director, manager, um, Mm -hmm. agent, um, producer, if you Mm -hmm. have a really good eye and if you know what a good story is, like a producer, um, anything, I mean, backstage, I mean, you know, there's countless jobs backstage, you know, dressers, anything in wardrobe, if you're really good with sewing and costumes, I, I mean, Costume design, set design, lighting design, um, yes. anything, nonprofits. Um, God, I even wrote down a couple, but I forget what I, I wrote down. Um, oh, oh, we've even had DeSales graduates became a lawyer and then a judge. Mm-hmm. Kathy, Kathy Sabatino was a theater major and she became a lawyer and then a, now she's a judge. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, just so many uh, educator, I mean, yeah, passing on that, you know, and I even like to do that now. That's actually something that I have found, uh, you know, I like to do on the side is, is teach young people yeah. kind of the things that I've learned and not so much even in like a formal way, but just like, you know, my using my experiences to say, oh, I've had this experience. So 
you know, I, I get it. Like, I understand why you feel this way. Cause I felt that way too, but look, there's yeah. going to be, you know, so passing on that kind of yeah. knowledge too. Um, really the, the sky's the limit. And also there's just anything creative. I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's so much you can do. You know, I always say, I think I heard a long, long time ago, I forget from where, but it's like, if you wake up and you, there's something else that you want to do besides performing. I mean, I don't mean get up and start performing. I mean, like as a career, then you should probably look into that because there's even when you have, I have serious passion for performing. I, I love theater. I want, this is the only thing I can imagine myself doing. And even with that, it's, it is still, even after the success of Wicked, still an uphill battle every day. I have to fight to be able to do it. I have to fight to, to, to keep my confidence. I have to fight for all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, and like you were like, I don't know if I want to do that. I think that there's something else that I would be just as good at mm-hmm. doing. Yes. And having that conversation with yourself is that's, it's a really hard conversation. As you know, it's a hard conversation to have to yourself. It's a hard realization to be so honest with yourself. And especially mm-hmm. if you have talent, especially if you're good, because it doesn't always come down to talent. You know, if, mm-hmm. you know, we don't always get to see the most talented people. It's just, sometimes it's, it's the stars are in alignment and yes, lucky and you yeah. know, it happens. Yeah. But, um, and I think it's a really noble thing to have that conversation with yourself and say, okay, yeah, no, I want to, I don't really want to deal with, I don't want that to be my life. I'd, I'd rather, there's so many other things I can see myself being good at and doing right. and uh, giving back to the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to, I mean, I was forced to do it because I really wasn't that good at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad that, that you weren't because you were doing perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Um, and just just to for anyone listening that has stuck with us until now, we're so happy to that you're still <laughs> listening to these amazing story. But um, I remember seeing the impression I had from Dee. The first impression was seeing her in Evita at the Shakespeare Festival. Oh yeah! And oh my gosh, it blew me away. The whole performance, everything. It was amazing. Even just the rest of the cast was so so nice and. Yeah, I just remember being in the audience being like, that's a good Evita. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That show, that meant so much to me because, I mean, I know we're time thing here, but just I had done that um, my senior year, they had done Evita as the musical. And I had had a, a small little part in each show up to that point. And mm-hmm. um, it came down to me and another girl that was in our company, Elena Gallo. She's one of my best friends. And she... Um, landed the role mm-hmm. and I was her understudy. So I didn't get to really, and I was in the ensemble, which is totally fine, but I, you know, your senior year, you want to go out with a bang. And so I didn't get a chance to play that part. Oh. And so it was like, and it was okay because it was the right choice at the time for me not to play that part. I don't know if I was entirely ready and Elena was ready. Uh-huh. Um, and so to have them come back and be like, Hey, we're going to do this show. We want you to be Ava. And I was like, to play that part, on that stage was just full circle. Yes. It felt, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It just felt like closure for me to have that, so. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, um, you know, so Dee, we know that there's a lot happening on Broadway right now and and with the entertainment industry and all different um, aspects. But my question would be to you, with everything that's going on in today's climate, do you have any, 
predictions on, on what you would like to see happen during these times on Broadway and you know what what sort of thing you would like for it to come out of this for us to be you know more hopeful or just for actors to be on the lookout or things that you personally want to see on Broadway or on in the entertainment industry yeah i mean i think that you know during the pandemic we thankfully all kind of woke up to a lot of the um injustices and inequities specifically on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I think that we are in a listening and learning phase and I think that that's wonderful and I think we need to continue with that. We need to listen to our, our friends of color and what they are saying and what they need mm -hmm. and um, focus on that because it's been, frankly, it's been swept under the rug for long enough and we need to kind of bring it to light. And I, I'm not comfortable anymore being, you know, playing babe in the woods or not, you know, nor just not knowing, just being naive to everything. And I don't, I think we need to continue to kind of listen to these voices. And in that, I think that there needs to be, when we do eventually get back to theater, mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be a shift in who, what voices are heard. Because right now, mm -hmm. Broadway is the voice that we're hearing is all male, all white. Mm -hmm. And it's, it doesn't serve us, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that we need to, I think it needs to be a, a, divorce, a diverse chorus of voices kind of, uh, you know, sounding out what, like telling the stories that we want to hear. We want to hear something new. I, I want to hear something new. I, as a theater goer, I am, I'm really done. And I might shoot myself in the foot here but I'm really done with the movie being turned into a musical. I just, mm -hmm. I don't think, that, I think that that's kind of boring. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like we, it's a recognition thing. I understand, but mm -hmm. there are so many great stories, you know, all around and like, not just, you know, white stories. Like mm -hmm. can we have everything. We can have everything. We can, mm -hmm. it doesn't, you know, Telling, you know, telling a black story doesn't mean that you can't tell a story that has white people. You know what I mean? It's not, we don't forget one thing and only have one thing. It's about, you know, I, I was, I was in a, like a, a, a forum and I forget someone had said, you know, we don't want to make room at the table. We want to make a whole new table. Mm. And I think that that's a really, I think that that's where we need to head, especially in Broadway. Yes. And um, I think if we can get there, think it's going to be oh, just I don't know I look forward to that because it just seems like I just imagine this like utopia like everyone is creatively yeah. fulfilled and happy and like you know yeah. it's not yeah I guess there's always going to be naysayers but like I, I don't know I just always I look forward to seeing if if I, I you know the proof is in the pudding I look forward to seeing if we actually put our money where our mouth is are we just gonna if this is all lip service or if this is really going to happen yeah. Um, and it's not just on stage. It's not just about having diverse casting. It is about building a new way, you know, uh, creating, uh, you know, uh, people of color that are um, producers and more directors and um, theater owners, which I don't know how that'll happen, but like some way, yeah. you know, these, these theater owners have these legacies and like, you know, they're not going to give up. They're not just going to be like, oh yeah, you can have one of my theaters. It's not going to happen that way, but mm -hmm. I don't know how it will happen, but um 
and I, and I, I know that, you know, when I get back in the room, I know that I will be a person that will speak up if I see an injustice and, um, yeah. I'm ready to do that. And I'm excited to be on that side on everyone else's side. Yeah. So what, what are you hopeful for in the future when it comes to life performance and the way that we are going to adjust now when everything, when Broadway opens up again, or, you know, when, you know, think about just high schools and, and all of these, you know, missed opportunities. Right. But what are you, what are you hopeful to see once you, um, we're adjusted in terms of maybe safety, safety, or just, um, your audience that you're going to get and all this stuff? Well, I think first of all, live theater, I, I love that we have, kind of all found a creative way around not having an audience mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. um, and I applaud everybody. I know myself, I've been doing a lot of virtual concert type things, mm -hmm. a lot of recording that way. Um, and, and I think it's great, but the, the audience is just as much a part. It's, it's what actually makes the theater magic happen. Absolutely. It's, the audience. It's just, it's the same thing for sports. You know, the, the, the outcomes of, of, of games are different because the fans aren't there mm -hmm. because they influence the players. It's the same thing in theater. So um, I think any way that we get back to it and it's, it's, I think it's, I think we're going to have to go in a little, I don't think it's going to be like a pow we're back and thousands of people are all gathered in a room together. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a slow getting back to, um, what we once were. And I don't know how long that'll take, but you know, it's the same thing. Like after nine 11, everybody's like, what do you mean? I got to take off my shoes when I fly. Like everybody was really resistant yeah. to having something new, but you know, we're all safer now. Yeah. Um, and it's proven better for us. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to come out that will be like, make things better, but you know, I think, I don't know, maybe just an awareness of, of, right. of, I don't even know what I want to say. Like, you know, in theater, we're all very touchy-feely of each other. And it's mm -hmm. like, I, to be honest, we like when, when someone gets sick in theater, everybody gets sick because we're all always alert right. to each other. So maybe that will, maybe these new measures, safety measures will prevent some of that, which would be nice because then we won't all, someone gets a stomach flu and I'm not like, oh, we're all going to get a stomach flu now. Right. So maybe, I mean, maybe there's, that's going to be a silver lining. I, you know, I don't know. And like I said, I don't know really what it's going to look like in yeah. the interim. I, you know, I think maybe we'll come limping back, but it will yeah. come back. I have all the faith <laughs> in the world that we will Absolutely. get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And, and yeah, for sure. I cannot wait to see another Broadway show and be in the, in the audience and feel the magic. Cause like you said, is that energy, like both reception, like there is reciprocation in both ways, right? The feeling yes. of that. And it's beautiful. Um, okay. So I, I would love to um, now talk, talk about and the way we always conclude episodes is uh, again our audience are students professors um, alumni from the sales and you know there might be somebody listening that that is outside that bubble but um, that's why we want to tailor some of the questions to the, that audience and I would love to know um, uh, it's just for some advice for the performers right now who haven't graduated or maybe have graduated and are looking to get into the business, the show business. What are some qualities that you think 
somebody needs, if you can, and I'm going to make it short. So name maybe the top, top three qualities that some, that somebody should have to be successful in, in the industry as a performer. Okay. Um, number one, be able to take criticism. Okay. Um, and move forward without praise, without being told you're doing something good. Okay. Um, which leads into the second one, which is belief in your abilities Mm-hmm. Um, you have to inherently know that what you're offering is, is good. Um, uh, and third is work ethic. Mm. I think that, you know, uh, being self-motivated, self-promotion, which I'm not actually very good at. I'm just starting to kind of really get around that. But you, mm-hmm. you know, you're a business when you're an actor, you're a business and you have to treat it like a business and you have yeah. to tell people about your business in order for it to thrive and what you're on. Um, so yeah, I would say those three things like, and you know, taking on, not being afraid to take on challenges, you know, uh, and I, I have a habit of being like, uh, no, I don't really do that. I probably shouldn't. And I'm breaking myself of that. One thing I've learned over the pandemic is breaking myself of that habit of like, that I can't, which you should just try because when you try, you might surprise yourself. So Exactly. Well, thank you. And I, I definitely will take that into consideration. We are our personal brand and we yes. are our own business. So thank you. Yeah. And just my last two questions for you, Dee, and this, these are just um, a, a fun question for you is what, what is your next dream role and why? Like what is something that you are aiming to get or are hopeful to get in the future and why? Okay. So my dream role is any role that I can create from the ground up. Okay. And I really want something where it presents a challenge that at the end, I will have surprised myself that I accomplished. Mm. Okay. Um, so, you know, because I, there's nothing, there's no better feeling than starting something and be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to do this. And then ending with, wow, I did it. Or even, wow, I really, I, I tried. I like really put effort into that and it might not be exactly where I want it, but I've, I did that. I yeah. worked, I worked really hard to do that. Yes. Um, just because I feel like if you, when you challenge yourself, no matter what happens, you're going to learn. Yeah. So that's the best way to kind of, I don't know, walk through life. I think really, yeah. whether you have, whether you can say it was a, a success or not. Mm-hmm. Definitely how you grow and learn. Yeah. yeah. In that uncomfortable, yeah, moment of getting, I guess, the script or getting that role and being like, where do I take, what direction do I take this, this and how would people perceive it? So awesome. And my last question is one phrase, and we talked about just qualities that, that students should have, but um, one phrase of encouragement for our students right now in theater in theater majors, dance majors that, you know, that you would like to tell them if they're listening. I would say you don't have to be perfect. You just have to try. Mm. Give yourself the gift of taking a risk. Yes. Yes. Get out of our comfort zones. This is the time. The time is now for us. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thank you so much, Dee. It's oh, been you're so welcome. A, a wonderful conversation with you and really getting to know the essence of you and um, who you are. So I'm, you know, I always say I'm very, very lucky I get to host this because I get the first hand of the conversation and getting to know you personally. So um, very, very thankful. Um, we look forward to seeing what you will be doing in the future. And, you. you know, you're also very connected with us at the sales. So, you know, maybe we can see you at the next Shakespeare Festival and see you perform. I hope <laughs> so. Thank you. You were so lovely. It was really nice getting to talk with you. And, and I mean, if this is something you want to do, I feel like you got it in the bag, lady. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And there you have it, everybody. That was Dee Rossioli and her career as a Broadway actress. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.